Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts Off the Post. I am joined by Adam Herman to answer some of your questions. Joe Fortunato can't be with us. I think today's Joe's birthday. It is. He didn't give me any cake. Uh, there wasn't a pinata anywhere around the office. Nothing. Nope. But you know those little shitty plat like paper things where you'd blow into them and it rolls out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you bring them home, you get them in a goodie bag, you bring them home, and, like, but if you do it too much, it, your saliva breaks it down and it's garbage. Right, 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 right. That, that's what Joe Fortunato is to me. Um, yeah. Just a shitty piece of paper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're going to start off with a uh, question that we had in our mailbag, uh, which is pretty straightforward. Just how good is Mika Z? And this is something we kind of touched on before. Yeah. Um, on the flagship, which is to say that, I don't know, I wouldn't say he's an elite center. I would say he's a very good center, good yeah. center, whatever that means. Uh, I, uh, You said as like a fun thought experiment, something to do as like a future podcast would to be to do something like, how many centers would you take for this season ahead of Mika Zibanejad? And how long might that list look? Um, let's just say if you throw contract out, you know, you throw their age out. If yeah. it's just for this 82 or now 80 games left for the Rangers, yeah. how many guys would you take over as a Benajad? It's probably less than 20. Yeah, might be. Yeah, it really could be. It's tough, I think, though. I think at worst, like, it's closer to the 20 end of the spectrum than the 30. End. Yeah, I would say that's, yeah, that's about right. Yep. Um, Adam, what are your thoughts on Kravstov uh, getting sat in Game 2 in the AHL? Is there a concern? Should people be panicking about yeah. Vitaly Kravstov sitting out in his second AHL game? Yeah, well, again, uh, another thing we kind of touched on in the earlier podcast, but, yep. you know, like, look, like I said, like it's, it's definitely a curious decision. Um, it's not something I look at and go, oh, yeah, like that, that makes sense. That's normal, but... Again, like it's one game early in the season, and the Rangers, you know, they're the coaching staff management. Like they, they all know things that we we don't, you know, whatever it could be. Um, and as I said, there could be good reasons they decided to sit him, or there could have been really bad ones that they leaned on to sit him. So it maybe was a good decision or a bad one, but either way, I don't think it's something to really you know harp on or think about as like a now what kind of thing like how is this going to lead into future developments like i i, I think it's something that my guess is we forget even happened in two weeks but if it becomes a more routine thing where yes he spends other games in the press box then it's going to be you know okay what do what are you trying to do here like what is what is the point of this um so i think it's too early to we really shouldn't be hitting work. the panic button yet if, yeah, if not he on gets a one-off scratched, game yeah if he yeah. gets let's say if we're at the end of november and he's been scratched four or five times then we start to grab yeah, then forks. It's, yeah or rather you grab a magnifying glass and uh a trench coat do detectives yeah. wear trench coats back in the day they did yeah why not 
You smoked cigarettes and you, you had a magnifying glass. Detective Dan did. Do you remember all that? Oh my god. Is that a yes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Detective Dan wore a trench coat. Well, there you go. I cannot... That You just opened up a door in my brain that has been... Like hidden behind many, many boxes. Yeah. <laughs> here's here's a story that like three people in who are listening will be able to relate to, but it's relevant. Um, <laughs> by relevant, I mean like in the most tangential way possible. But um, so Detective Dan was the character in the TV show All That on Nickelodeon in the '90s, uh, and the guy, the actor who played him, is Josh Server. <laughs> there, there, there was one night. I uh, had a bit of alcohol in me and was very bored. And I found Josh Server on Venmo and sent him like a dollar and said, like, thank you for playing Detective Dan. And he th- <laughs> he responded and he thought it was the funniest thing ever. But anyway, now you know how I spend my Friday nights. That's fun. Uh, for those who didn't know, all that was like the Nickelodeon version of SNL. Right, right, right. Yeah, my God. You just opened a door. <laughs> you don't understand. There's, like, bats flew out of it. You know what I mean? Like, a, a goblin the funniest, and a The funniest part was, like, door. you could hear in your voice how disappointed you were to have understood. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, I didn't need to think about that for the rest of my <laughs> life, really. It was just something I didn't need. Um, Josh Zarkin wants to know, what are our initial impressions of Hartford so far? I want to start off, Adam, by saying, sure. apparently... The defense in Hartford is scoring goals. It's a two-game sample size, I know. But Joey Keane has two goals in his first two HL games. Ryan Lindgren scored a coast-to-coast goal. Sean Day scored a coast-to-coast goal. Mm-hmm. What the hell's happening? Hartford looks very good. Um, I only watched parts of the second game against Bridgeport, but um, mm-hmm. I think it was Corey Haber on Twitter who does you know, SB Nation for the Islanders. I, I believe he posted he he did like tracking of the game in terms yeah, yeah. Of like everything like shot attempts and whatever and like hartford crushed the wolf or uh, the the sound tigers bridgeport um in like basically every way they they look quite good this season which is not unexpected given the talent that's down there um that was expected before even hedel and kravtsov went, went yeah there, they got you know? they added a lot of like for example, Daniel Regan yeah, was a he, guy. Yeah, he's 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 looked incredible. Um, he had a three assist night in his first. He looks he looks like game. how Panarin looks for the Rangers. Like he looks like the AHL equivalent <laughs> of that for for Hartford. Yeah, um, he's the the AHL level Panarin. Yeah, um, I like and that. Just the defense looks a lot more uh, stout than last season because last, <laughs> last season the goal poor goalies would see 35, 45 shots every night. Uh, I think I think Huska, who was in goal on yesterday on Sunday, yeah, I think he faced like 19 shots, which would have been unheard of last season, and that was in an overtime game too. Um, yeah, last season it was 19 shots a period in Hartford. Yeah, much. exactly. No, like it's like that's barely hyperbole. Yeah, um, it's barely hyperbole. Really. Uh, like, and obviously, like they're getting a bit more offense, a bit more offense as well. Um, so I, I I fully expect him to at at worst you know make the playoffs as a wild card type like as a number seven or eight seed um, growing up did you did you know kids who had like the for christmas they got like a laser tag thing where, uh sure yeah and like it was never quite the same as going to an actual laser tag place yeah. but it was like oh yeah it's still something that's like daniel regan yeah level. you know it's just like yeah i mean sure. you gotta have something you know to, to kill some time that's why he's the AHL Artemi Panarin. Um, he's the Joe Fortunato of, <laughs> you know, podcasting. Happy birthday, Joe. Um, 
Yeah, so the initial impressions of Hartford so far, I would say I've been... It's funny because I think I, I was doing this for Rangers Radar, uh, which I'm booting up for the first time. Uh, it'll go up tomorrow, so the day before this goes live, I think. And, uh, you know, last season on Hartford, Adam, as I'm sure you remember, it was John Gilmore who had 20 goals from the mm-hmm. blue line. And then it was like uh, Rob O'Gara and Sean Day and uh, Brandon Crawley. Uh, with three goals tied for second right Um, right, right. so the you know that gap there was pretty um it was something uh and it also i feel like you can learn a lot about a team's overall offense by looking at you know how how much scoring belonged to guys like you know how much scoring ended up coming from the stick of really the terry and gilmore um Mm -hmm. and also you know fogarty to an extent but this year it's looks like there's going to be pretty much three scoring lines at the AHL level. Um, yeah, I mean, like the past few seasons, it's been a chore watching Hartford and could only imagine how many games I've watched in the last few years in Hartford, but it, it felt like a chore almost. You know, it was exciting to see individuals, maybe like Hedl in his rookie year, his first season. Yeah. Um, you know, but like on the whole, it was just, you know, not fun to watch because you just knew they were going to be caved in every night. And now it's, it's a lot different. Um, it's only been two games, but they, you know, they kind of they look like an actual hockey team now. At, uh, you know, at, at a minimum, they they you know I'm not gonna rule out them winning the Calder Cup uh, in the AHL this year, which I, it's way early. You know, be to just, be really just really thinking playoffs, about please. that. But like, all I want is the playoffs. But yeah, look, they look they look very good. Yeah. So from Ke- from the very handsome Kevin Power from Blue Shirt Banner, mm. outside of the usual suspects, Hedl, Shesterkin, and Kraftstaff, who are you most looking forward to watching or keeping an eye on? eye on up in Hartford. I'm going to go ahead and cheat because I know he's a guy you like too. I'm going to say Tim Kettinger. Mm. Tim Kettinger. Sure. Yeah, I think he's worth looking at. Because he's like my low-key favorite guy to end up on the, you know, the fourth line on the Rangers one day. Just, just He's just so big, Adam. He's just such a big man. He, he is, and like he's a big man who can play hockey. It's not just like... Yeah, you don't size, find a lot of big men who play hockey that are not yeah. you know just stuck playing defense so. yeah and like the interesting thing about him is like i th- <laughs> i think he could find a way to even utilize his size better uh not that he's like soft or anything like that right now but i i think he still has you know things to learn things to learn um is he gonna be like a game breaker at the nhl level if he makes it no but i think he has a chance to be you know the kind of guy that like a team is just very happy to have on the fourth line because he's cheap and will penalty kill and can chip in the occasional goal, you know. Like yeah. that, that that teams need that. You need that to win a Stanley Cup. You need because you know, especially with you know, it looks like the Rangers they've already committed a lot of money to Trub and Panarin. You would think eventually that's going to be true with Kako and Zabanajad. Um, you know, maybe Buchnevich. Like they're going to have a lot of big contracts, which is fine. But like that means you need to you know supplement that with. Um, capable guys in the you know at the back end of your roster. I think Gettinger can be that kind of guy. Um, but you know, the guy I'm most interested to see uh, Ebert is, pro- pro- is Nick mm-hmm. Ebert. No, <laughs> the guy I'm most interested in watching is probably Joey Keane. Uh, and as you mentioned already, oh. he has two. He has a goal in each of his first two games, um, but. I just think he's the most interesting on the roster in terms of like will he or won't he make it to the NHL. I think he's the most 
kind of like up for grabs like yeah, even in traverse city it felt like some games it was like wow look at joey can go and and, yeah. and other times it was like he would just have an awful shift and yeah. i'd be like wow he's just he's not there yet and then yeah. he'd and, show and those little like, flashes you're like okay there's something maybe here yeah and like last you know if you remember last preseason not this not the one for 2019 yeah, 2020 yeah. but the one before that uh, he he didn't almost make the team, but he lasted into training camp quite late. Uh, yeah, he made noise un, for like sure. Unusually late for yeah. a, th- a th- you know, was he third or fourth round pick? Third round, like end of the third round. Yeah, he like, end of the third round, like as an eighteen yeah. year old, like he he lasted quite long, and he played pretty well in preseason. And he was a bit disappointing, I thought, in preseason this year. Um, again, not that I thought he was going to make the roster, but I thought he could at least posture like as a as a candidate to do yeah, so. Yeah, I thought so too. You know? Um, especially because it was pretty interesting preseason, especially yeah. among the D. Like, uh, I, I really wish we got to see more than one game from Ray Oninen. Because um, mm-hmm. even in the one game we did see him, uh, there were a lot of little things I liked there, all things considered. Yeah. yeah but, um, but Joey so Keane is, like you said, it's... You know, it's it's two goals on three shots, so, you know, we do want to mention that, but it's, you know, two goals in his first two AHL games. And it's also, I thought special. he looked fairly good defensively as well. Yeah. Um, we know he can skate, and I think I think he's just kind of like a definition 50-50 prospect. Um, and this will be a big year in determining kind of the fate of, uh, not that it's going to make or break his career, but how he does this year is going to change, you know, kind of what we're thinking next uh, September, where it's is he seriously challenging for a roster spot versus like mm-hmm. is he saving his career right now? Like is he you know uh, trying to stay relevant? So yeah, um, yeah, I, I, he's he's my pick. The other guy I'd throw in there, um, and maybe because you know he's just not in any spotlight of any kind, is Huska. I'm very curious mm-hmm. to see. I was thinking of saying him. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what sort of year he has. Um, just based on how things ended for yeah. him and the NCAA, and you know, I, in my opinion, you just like you know the games he played in Hartford last season, just throw them away. They're, like, yeah, because the team he played behind, it was, it was those horrible. numbers don't. And, I mean, like they don't my, tell you anything. I mean, like in my viewings, like not that he like was great or anything, but like I, he was fine. Like he didn't really. Yeah, he was fine on a didn't very very one, bad team. Didn't move me one way or another. Um, this year will be for sure a lot more interesting, especially because, um, kind of we know Shesterkin is going to be good, right? Like how good yeah. I don't know, but he just Shesterkin will be at least good enough to provide like a litmus test that we can compare Huska to, where if Huska's you know an eight ninety save percentage, but Shesterkin's an eight eight ninety eight, you know, will be you know that'll seem pretty okay. Whereas if Shesterkin's a nine twelve, you know, that's a bit different. Yeah, exactly. It's you want him to not have like a a very clear backup numbers compared to Shesterkin. Yeah, You'd hope maybe look, he's in a ballpark. Look, like him. the Rangers love Huska, and he's kind of fallen on the back burner just because of Georgiev and Shesterkin. But um, I think we can agree that one of Georgiev or Shesterkin is going to be moved uh, at you know some point in the next couple years or so gotta happen uh, at some point which yeah. means that there's gonna be in Lundqvist is you know has a few years left so there's gonna be an open goalie spot in the roster so you know it's there for the taking with for Huska Ryan Warnkin wants to know Adam when do you expect Ryan Lindgren to get a call up um before New Year's I would think 
whether it's because of injury or something else. Um, you know, it, the interesting thing about the Rangers have kind of reached the next uh, stage of the rebuild. Um, and, and what I mean by that is just first, it was just talent acquisition of young players, but they were all, for the most part, just kind of so far off that they didn't like conflict. Now they've just accumulated so many players that inevitably like they can't all fit, right? Um, in a in a world where the Rangers don't acquire Libor Hayek, I think Lindgren's on the roster right now. I think the Rangers feel he would have won a roster spot. Um, I also feel like the organization loves the kid. They do for better for better or worse. They 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 really like him. Um, yeah. And so look, there's probably going to be an injury or suspension or like whatever it is. Um, but I also and as I wrote on my article about Hayek after the first game versus Winnipeg. Um, you know, like if this was a season ago or two seasons ago, and a prospect got sent down, like it's 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 because the team the team just did not feel great about how that player was playing, right? Whereas now it's though there's less room for error, and it's because they have so many players who are capable, um, uh, who you know capable of. Yeah, there's almost an, there's almost an there's incentive always, there's, to yeah, to like give it, a kid a wake up call by sending him down again, because like there's just, another that kid Hedl, who might need right? that cup of coffee. Hedl makes up. this roster if the Rangers don't have Anderson and Howden. Like even with his preseason, the Rangers yeah. probably aren't thrilled Easily. about how he played, but he makes the roster. Um, it's just that's the depth chart is that there are more players than who can fit. So kind of the look you don't want to you don't want guys feeling like anxious and that like any one mistake or one bad game can uh lose them the jo- their their jobs but yeah there's less margin for error because just because there's another 21 year old <laughs> that team can bring up and and um you know and give it give a give a look at um so I, anyway, I, I think they're, we're going to get a look at Lindgren at some point because, again, there's, there's going to be a losing streak at some point or an injury or suspension. Um, he no doubt is going to get a look. I would imagine just from the kids who are there now, he's the top guy to get the call up among the D. Uh, yeah, especially, think, well, for, especially for the left side. Yeah, for the left side then, especially. You know, you Sean could, Day is not... Sean Day's not getting... He's not anywhere near the NHL right now. No, um, no, no. Joey Keane, maybe, but I, I still think they feel better about Lindgren right now, immediately yeah. stepping into an NHL roster. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Basic Instinct wants to know, how do you keep busy with the Rangers playing one game every two and a half months? Um, of course, mm. referring to the bizarre schedule uh, start yeah. of the season. To me, the, the most frustrating part of the schedule, Adam, is that this line is red hot the yeah. top line it just it's so red hot and now they're just they're just not doing a goddamn thing they're playing fucking chill and bonding <laughs> when yeah. they could just be lighting the lamp and you know pit, ha, being at 20 points 10 games in the season and yeah. that's the part of this that really it's bad enough that we have like this little amuse bouge you know yeah. to get us rolling to get a little taste of what this year is going to be which by the way i feel like you know, although both outcomes were good, the number of headaches we saw on defense and the amount of fun we saw on offense is kind of a good microcosm of what we might see this season to some extent. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like um, this is what we should brace for, and it's also why people shouldn't think this is a playoff team, <laughs> because it's, right, it's not... Yeah. I know people were really hyped up after that Winnipeg win, and feeling like when Mika had the hat-trick against Ottawa, it's like, I know it's Ottawa, but look, we're 2-0. Um, it's not going to happen, Yeah, and friends. you know what? They host... I think it's they host Edmonton next game after yeah, that. Yeah, it's a... It's a pretty like, soft, think, soft start. I think it's Buffalo or Vancouver, Buffalo. I can't remember who it is, but it's just a, like there's a very real chance they start the season four, four and zero, oh, and yeah, it's, it's just it's Edmonton, set, the it's, Devils, it's Washington, Vancouver, up, yeah. Arizona, Buffalo, and then at the end of the month is Boston, Tampa. And you know, like I, people are gonna say, like, oh, you're being negative, blah, blah, blah. like I think even like the Rangers would say, kind of like, all right, like this is, yeah, you know. This isn't what we're, you know, expecting, <laughs> yeah. expecting the rest of the way. <laughs> but, no, yeah, this is, um, it's, it's the NHL on easy mode until yeah. it gets but, into real hockey. Yeah, um, uh, you know, as for what I'm doing <laughs> while, uh, you know, there's this long break. I mean, look, like, like, what it does for me, at least, is I have a lot of time now to watch the prospect, prospect games. Um, so that's, that's nice, at least, but... Uh, I definitely understand yeah, the frustration, more. and you know what? You know what? Also, like, kind of sucks for the team so much. Not so much us or anyone else, but the, like the team specifically is like the a break like this. Like, is very nice if it's like January because like it's just kind of you're in like the the lull of the season where you're just kind of you know. Um, I would imagine like a lot of the players are sick of each other and then sick of the coaches, not because anything's going wrong, but just like when you spend so much time with each other, like that's just kind of inevitable so like it's kind of just nice to get that like five day period where you're just yeah maybe you know, let a couple bruises heal up yeah you know. get you know and you have guys banged up and you can you know you can just go off to puerto rico or you know wherever and just have a you know change of scenery get away from hockey for a bit and, and reset and come back just reinvigorated and the break this early in the season like what's that you know doesn't really do anything for the team yeah not really benefit them so I think that really is kind just, of the worst of it for in terms of like the team, like less so than like um, like momentum or anything like that. Like I think the Rangers yeah, good like player. I, think, like, I don't think there's yet. concern that Panarin's going to lose his touch. You know, <laughs> yeah, not like, not um, quite. No, I get I got the point about that. Like it sucks. Like Wallace line is just ridiculously hot. That but like I think the bigger thing is kind of just like it sucks the timing of it in terms of just the team mentality and and you know the physical like physical health like just not a, the best time for this kind of break but what can you do yeah not much you can do it's hartford is on a very similar break by the way they have a they have a big gap in the schedule yeah. um so yeah that's kind of what we're doing and just kind of waiting for hockey to get back i'm working a lot more sleeping a lot less it's fun yeah. uh it's funny how for years and years of my life, Adam, I had real issues with uh, falling asleep. But when I, all I, I do is stare yeah. at a computer screen and work all day, I get yeah. to sleep fine now. It's not really an issue. I just, like, I I don't really, It's I mean, this is, like, very just, like, morbid and, like, whatever. I just, like, <laughs> sleeping is hard for me because, like, I just have too many things going on in my brain. Yeah. Like, that's I the way just, I used like, to be I for a long just, time. like, clear the brain and... I have to like I'll just like if my head's on a pillow in a dark room like I will just unless I'm just like so tired from the, the day's activities or something like that like I just have too many thoughts in my head and like I'll think about that and like I, then I'll just like get bored so like I need like a book or something to like distract myself yeah. and it just kind of 
self-perpetuates and <laughs> create this. Yeah, I used to need. Where... I used to need to get my eyes tired. I used to read or watch a movie, yeah. and that was the only way I could fall asleep. But thank, what was it? Sunday I had a four-hour deck hockey marathon with my friends. Oh, nice. Um, which was great because I did. I had the day off, and then uh, I got home. And I passed out for a four-hour nap, woke up, it was like 9.30, it was up for an hour and a half, then slept for another eight hours, and I woke up tired. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's the beginning of the hockey season for sure, for, for writers as well. Yeah. Um, if Zabinijad was less distracted with DJing, Adam, would he have scored yeah. nine points in the first two games rather than only eight? Also, and more yeah. seriously, are you worried if the team has an outside chance at a playoff spot, they don't trade Kreider and lose him for nothing? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, DJing has only helped Mika's been a jazz production, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's improved his hand-eye coordination, and like just like his like twitch reflexes and such. Like spinning, there you go. spinning the you know the disc is not easy. No, everyone thinks they can do it, but it's complicated. There's a lot of boops and boops, a lot of buttons, beep bop boop. Yeah, it looks like busy work. <laughs> and this team is not gonna like I don't know. Like, here's the thing friends Adam tell me the three best teams in the Metropolitan Division or who you think will finish top three in the standings um for me I'll say it's Washington Pittsburgh and Carolina oh in the Metropolitan yeah just in the Metropolitan definitely Washington and Carolina Pittsburgh just got like screwed with injuries Malkin and Busat are out long term um which like they have enough talent to survive that but like that definitely Mm -hmm. kind of is a plot twist where otherwise I would have just been like, yes, they are the third team. Um, I'll, I'll say Philadelphia. Oh, that's fair. Um, and here's the real question, the more important one. Uh, are both wildcard teams in the East going to be from the Atlantic? My answer is yes. It's, well, it's I don't that, even think got, it's close. What do we got there? Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto. Like That's the no-brainer. Top yeah. three. Then... Who else is left? Not Florida. Buffalo. Florida, probably that makes sense. Not Buffalo. Not Ottawa. Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. Yeah, I could see that. I could see those two. I mean, Ottawa is a, a shit show. Um, but like, do you think the yeah, Rangers like, have a better chance of making the playoffs than Montreal, than Pittsburgh? I don't know, but I also then, think that's kind of like not the most important point. Like, the most important one is: are the Rangers going to keep Chris Kreider for the sake of? You know, trying well, to advance yeah, well, one round. Like they, they have to know. Like they're not gonna win the Stanley Cup this year. Like unless, like, yeah. look, like if it's, <laughs> if it's February and like the Rangers have found themselves like fighting for first in the Metropolitan Division, like that's a whole different ball game. Um, and like I'm gonna say that's very unlikely, but I won't say it's impossible. Um, but you know, I think the chances of them holding on to Kreider and then losing him for nothing is the least yeah. likely scenario. Because, I like, think the like, most likely scenario is they trade him. Followed by they sign him and then uh, something possess some like, Jeff Gordon opens a book he finds on the sidewalk and a demon takes his soul yeah, and then he's well, possessed to do something reckless. Yeah, that's the third most likely. Like, I mean, like look at the Truba trade, like right, like they just they traded Kevin Hayes, <laughs> they turn around and flip that pick for Truba. Like it makes more sense. To, like why wouldn't Jeff Gordon want to do that again, right? Like why does he want to keep Chris Kreider, who's going to be what twenty eight like at the end of the year? Uh, you know, he's going to pay him, especially, and the other thing is now, especially with, like, 
they got Panarin, Bushnevich is hitting his stride, you got Kako, like, <laughs> at some point you think he's going to be your third or fourth best winger, like, you want to be paying that kind of guy seven and a half million dollars, I don't, I don't think so, um, so I think they, they kind of know that unless, like, he's willing to take, like, a major discount or they're a contender, I think even if they're a wild, you know, like a wild card team, uh, he'll be twenty. He'll be twenty nine. So even worse. Yeah. Like they don't want to be paying for his thirties when they have three, no. They don't want three wanna... great wingers long term. Um, you know. Uh, so. And so, I love Chris Prater. I just, I just wish he was four years younger. I that's think all. it's yeah. Exactly. He's, yeah. No, for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like people always take it like that. Like oh, it was the same thing with Hayes last year. Like people think it's like a. Yeah, like it's not a vendetta. Like yeah, no, it's no. just like about This is just like it's a it's a it's a carousel, right? You need everything to line up. Yeah, everything exactly. has to or like maybe the better way to think of it is it's an assembly line that yeah. gets you there. And sometimes it's like I need this piece, but before I can attach that piece, I need these other things in place. Right, exactly. And with Kreider, it just like you know what? If it it sucks that it's Kreider because he's a player that we've seen develop. We've seen, especially in these first couple games, like, you know, and another example of how the Rangers looked really good against bad defenses. There were a couple times against Winnipeg when Kreider just exploded past the Winnipeg's, you know, the, the Jets yeah, defense. And it was so, much fun to so delightful to see. And it was also like a, a reminder of how good Kreider could be and also how bad the Jets defense is. But yeah. It just it's just the wrong time. It like the stars didn't line up for this and it sucks, but mm-hmm. the same was true with Zuccarello. The same was true with, yeah. with Hayes. It just that's what hockey just, can be. I think it makes way more sense and I think the Rangers know this too to trade him at the deadline and then use either use the pieces directly like in the Truba trade or if not like you're going to draft a first, you know, a player with that first round pick and you're accepting that like, you know, either that player or maybe it's, you know, another one of your prospects is traded down the road to acquire a player who more, you know, fits with your, you know, timeline. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's all about that timeline. That's the the key thing to keep in mind with this stuff is everything kind of has to come together. The Rangers did accelerate their rebuild, and, you know, uh, as we heard the, the Stranger Kids, the uh, Stranger Things kid t- tell us yeah. that it's a build now. Don't say rebuild, and that kid said it, so we have to listen, but... Um, <laughs> But like it's uh, it takes time, and they accelerated, yeah. But that doesn't mean that the Rangers can give Kreider seven million at seven years. It just in yeah. having a thirty-six-year-old Chris Kreider on the books is not. I would hope you know, especially recipe you, you could think back to like the two thousand six, two thousand seven season, where not exactly the same situation, but kind of a little bit the same. Where like we, this is a rebuilding team, and then like quite quickly we found out like. This is no longer a like total, re- totally like rebuilding team. Like this is a team on the move, and yeah. you know they make moves, and you know they add Shanahan, and then they add Gomez and Drury, and you know other players. And, and Blair ways, Betts, you know, and, yeah. watch your mouth. Right. You never forget Blair Betts right. around me. I don't think they spent money on Blair Betts. Don't you? But talk you know, point really being, bets, like suddenly, like they had all these you know late twenties, early thirties guys under contract for a lot of money, and you know it kind of hurt their trajectory. Um, yeah, it did. It spoiled. It took, it it took spoiled a while everything. for them to get to the point where they were a contender, just because they had, um, you know, prematurely, um, you know, set, tried to set themselves up to contend. 
So yeah, no, a lot of that. that. Was... You don't want to do that again. You don't want to get in a situation where you're paying yeah. Kreider, you know, you know, seven and a half million in two years when he's suddenly a five million dollar player instead, and you know now you can't afford, you know, to extend, you know, Filipino, you know, long term or whatever, whatever it is. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's I just, important for Rangers fans to remember this rebuild is starting with great prospects that the team got through conventional means, which mm-hmm. is through trades. Last time, this team was built around Henrik Lundqvist, who was a very late round pick that was essentially like tripping over like a leprechaun's pot of gold. It was just one of those things where the team got incredibly lucky. The Yager trade was like a trade that worked out gangbusters for the Rangers. That's a fluke. You can't repeat that. Yeah, that's my point. What made the team at its most recent competitive height as strong as it was, was just a bunch of crazy random crap, essentially. Like, yeah. some of it with good insight, don't get me wrong, good scouting with Lundqvist and, you know, an opportunity that, say, they're recognized with Kreider for Anson Carter, but altogether, it was not, you know, and then, like, taking a lot of, like, yeah, well, uh, Michael Nylander, how old are you? We'll sign you, you'll be our first line center, and of course, you know, a lot of shit like that worked out, but that's not the way you get to the Stanley Cup, typically speaking. Well, not even just that, but, like, I would hope that you don't want this to be a one-off for the Rangers. Like you want this yeah, to be 10, need, 10 years. Like, you know, you want to be like Pittsburgh or Chicago or Washington where it's like, Hey, so you know what years, stranger things, kid, it's still a rebuild. <laughs> and That's you what know, I say. I'll, I'll say this. Mika Zibanejad's 20, 26. He'll be 27. He'll be 28 when his contract expires. I think like, uh, Ooh, no, he's three more years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What? <laughs> That's great work by the Rangers. That yeah. That contract. That contract looked amazing when they signed it, and just every month since yeah. it's been signed has just been dirty, wow. beautiful. The Rangers thing. don't have any really UFAs coming up in the next couple of years that like really matter after that after Kreider. No, it's um, the two two years but, and but a lot of bad what? contracts. Like, off here, the book. Anyway, but like yeah. my point I was going to make is sorry. So Zabanajad will be twenty nine when his contract expires, and. I'm not going to say automatically like that resigning him will be the right move, but like that's you would presumably think like in three years the Rangers are you know out trying to contend at that point. Then it becomes a more interesting question of whether you you know take your lumps at the end of a contract for the sake of you know re-upping a, a key player like that. I think that might be a more realistic time to um, make that kind of move, but right now it's probably two years too early. The Stranger uh, Things kid, his name is Gaten Gaten Matarazzo. That's right. I just wanted to show respect where it's due uh, by, you know, (laughs) taking needless shots at him for doing a promo video. He's better Um, better than Jimmy Fallon. Definitely better than Jimmy Fallon. Out of the three young centers, Elias Howden-Heedle, who makes the most sense to move to wing, Anthony McCallie? I'm guessing he means long-term here, Adam? Sure, I mean, we can answer both. you know. Um, yeah, we can. I, I don't think the answer is the same either way, honestly. I say Howden mm-hmm. because he's not a good uh, center. Is you would like ideally for your center to understand the neutral zone and defensive zone and to be mm-hmm. effective away from the puck. And I think, like, don't get me wrong, like Filipino has not looked strong away from the puck for significant stretches, but his upside offensively overwhelms that to me. Whereas mm-hmm. Brett Howden. I still don't know what Brett Howden is supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, what sort of like what is his role? Because to me, it's like he's a. I don't know. He's like a, a three C. Hopefully that you know has a has a healthy mix of a little bit of both and, 
It feels like every time I, you know, am really low on Howden, like, you know, he scored, uh, what did he score in opening night, I think? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it winner. just, yeah, and, you know, people come out of the woodwork for everyone who has ever expressed any skepticism about Howden, and it's like, see, he's a young guy, what are you doing, you're all assholes, and it's like, <laughs> no, well, you know, we, we saw a lot of Brett Howden last season, and... You know, he wasn't expected to make the team then. And, you know, he had a... Production-wise, he had a great start to last season, as we all remember. And then, as the year progressed, you know, he didn't play with the best players by any stretch of the imagination. But he definitely didn't elevate anything. Like, it was clear that he was a guy who was a little out of his element. And I'm just not super high on him. In fact, I, I was looking at... All things considered, I would rather... We had Howden in the AHL right now, but yeah. that's that's not what we ended up with. Um, you know, it's like and it's interesting. Like if you just like lined up all three like on mm-hmm. the street and asked you know a, 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 someone knowledgeable about hockey, like hey, pick out like which one of these guys looks like an NHL center. Like it, it's definitely Howden, just in terms of like his build. He's got the look, yeah. Which is like I think kind of why the Rangers have been maybe tricked into thinking he's the right option at center right now in the NHL. Um, but I, I agree. I think he should be a winger right now or in Hartford, you know, and again, like I keep coming back to this. Like if this was a few years ago, like where Howden is your, he's the one young, young center you have in your organization. Like you're going to give him three, four years to figure it out at center. But, um, (laughs) with so much talent, now like Hedl and Anderson or Hedl and yeah Hedl and Anderson like again like you just you don't have room for everyone so like there's just shorter leashes um there's there's just you're less forgiving and of of you know you're, you're gonna spend less time giving people chances than you would have otherwise where you had fewer alternatives um so I think I think Howden is is a good enough skater that he could fit on the wing for sure um He's not a very good defensive player right now, and that would take away a lot of responsibility for him defensively. Um, so I, I think he makes the most sense. But, um, I, you know, and it's kind of like on the, the right side of the defense. Like, just these, all these guys can't fit long-term, so someone's getting moved at some point. Um, so I wonder if also, like, keeping Howden on center, not that this is why the Rangers are doing it, but I wonder if keeping him at center... Um, helps his optics and makes his trade value higher down the road potentially um but uh, yeah i agree it should be howden on wing gray market wants to know how much better are hedel and kravstov than the average ahl player what should their point totals look like to confirm they are obviously ready for the big club permanently Mm. so obviously i would say permanently is the the key word here uh which makes any answer a little tricksy because of course uh, a lot of this will have to do with who's up on the Rangers big club and whether or not there's a role for these guys at least in the top nine because if you you know let's say Hedl is crushing it uh, he has two points in two games let's say you know there's already some speculation that he could get called up as a result of the Nemestikov trade let's say Hedl's crushing it but there's not an opportunity in the coaching staff size to mm. move him in that top nine and for whatever reason they like Brennan Lemieux more on that third line then it's better for him really to get a monkey yeah. butt full of ice time in the AHL. Yeah, sure. Um, I think point totals is kind of oversimplifying it for a few reasons. Yep. I mean, like, 
Vinny Terry was point per game last year, and <laughs> he was certainly not ready for the NHL. He's got three points in two games this yeah, year, too. Like, and probably never will be, but um, there's more. First of all, like the way points are scored in the AHL are not necessarily how they're going to be scored. Um, it's a greasier league. It, it, and just like he's such a good skater that like at that level, there are just a lot of guys who like the reason they are not in the NHL is skating. Yeah, and so he's, it's a and big, also just, a he has a good, gap, has a good yeah. shot, and the goalies are just not nearly as good. Um, so one, you kind of have to look at how the points were scored. That's one thing. But number two is like, look, I think Heedle and Kravtsover in the NHL right now, if they were like defensive stalwarts, um, I, I think just especially again, rightly or wrongly, like just and it, coaches have a lot of time for players who are you know solid defensively. Yeah, um, and just not so forgiving of or perceived to be solid. Yeah, like you, yeah, yeah, at least whether whether true or not, like if they're if the players believed to be a good defensive player, like a coach is just going to have a lot more time for for them, um, and it's and it's easier to let you know like someone like Vitaly Kravtsov if he has one point in ten NHL games, like it's a lot easier to you know work on that and just say like all right, like let's wait for the points to come if the player is hitting his marks defensively. Um, so I think you got to look at how are they those two playing defensively, um, also like that kind of thing as well. Um, and look, he, Krasov only played one game, and he, it's not that he looked bad. It's just like the and Justin Bourne of the Athletic wrote about this I think a few years ago. Like just in small samples, like in in one or two games, like sometimes the puck just doesn't find you, and it's not because like you did anything wrong or like the coaches did anything wrong. It's just like that's hockey you know like sometimes the puck just goes to other places where you're not I think that's kind of what happened with Kravtsov in the first game um Hedl looked very good two ways in in both games um now that's that's two games so you know do we, the Rangers are gonna want to see a lot more than that but uh I I think if they are you know I think Hedl I think he can be somewhat close to a point per game in the AHL this year Maybe mm-hmm. not quite point per game, but you know, maybe something like you know, after twenty games, I would hope for thirteen, fourteen points. Um, Kravtsov's a bit more interesting because he, aside from being nineteen, like he's this is a big change for him going from the KHL to North America in a lot of ways, on and off the ice. So, um, not quite sure what to expect immediately. But again, like you want to see him at least half point per game this season if not you know that that's kind of like the bare minimum but I, I think it's a lot more nuanced in terms of when those guys are deserving of NHL call-ups and kind of just like looking at raw point total yeah, it's definitely a lot more nuanced and like the way my brain works is I think well Kravtsov had a very good year on a you know mediocre to bad team um, in the KHL which is the second most competitive league in the world which would lead me to believe that you know he's just in terms of raw skill he's automatically one of the most talented players in the AHL this year yeah and yeah. I don't think that's at all a stretch especially yeah. when you look at for example Adam like if we look at the guys who led the AHL in scoring last year mm-hmm. you know we have Carter Verhage Verhage yeah yeah Verhage Jeremy Bracco Daniel Carr TJ Tynan Andrew Pertorowski Alex Barry Boulay, Cal O'Reilly. Stop me, folks, when you've heard of a guy who you think is a really good player. Um, the point being that, like Adam said, there are guys who score at the mm-hmm. AHL level, like your Vinny Letteris, 
Um, another example would be a guy like Daniel Regan. Um, yeah, exactly. And, you know, a guy who you know consistently scores at the AHL level, but there's yeah, and, a mm. deficit in an aspect of his game that e- effectively forms yeah. a wall between him and the and yeah. the NHL. And also, that's kind of an inch. Like, if the Rangers needed like had a must-win game tomorrow, who would they rather call up, O'Regan or Kravtsov? Like, I think there's no doubt it's O'Regan. Yeah, if the Rangers, he's a yeah. bit older, more mature. His game's more well-rounded right now, but like. Look, after six months, like Kravtsov obviously, you know, is, has a higher tra- trajectory. Um, so, and, and I, I think also fans need to kind of reset their um, kind of their benchmark for like when like it's time to give this a, this guy a chance for the Rangers. And what I mean, mean by that is that like two years ago, like when Pavel Buchnevich is sitting in the press box, and mm. Jesper Faust is on the second line. Like, that. that is just, you know, like, what are you doing? That's bananas. You know, like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, give give Buchnevich time to figure it out and, and, you know, deal with some problems. And, like, he, he wasn't so problematic that it makes sense to have zero talent on right wing from lines two to four. But, you know, now, now um, you've got plenty of talent in the top six. Um, you know, you've got some decent talent in the third line as well. Like, it, it's not as, uh, it's not the same situation where the team is shooting itself in the foot, not letting a talented player try to figure it out while they're starving for talent. The team has talent now, so there's a little bit less, um, it's a li- little bit less obvious to just give a guy like Kravtsov or Heedle, you know, the chance over someone. Yeah, to me, if, if Kravtsov spends the entire year in the AHL, it's fine. So long as that best serves his development, if yeah. if that is something he needs, that's great. It's, I know that that might not be what everyone wants to hear when we all want the kids and everything, but we, there is there is a limit to playing nothing but kids and expecting positive results in their development. You yeah. do want something of a mix. I feel like especially when the Rangers have a lot of guys who are established players, like there are a lot of problems. I think that will take care of themselves mm-hmm. this season. In terms of the deadline's going to come, bodies are going to be moved, yeah. and there are going to be doors opened. Yeah. I, I, we I all remember how awful it was two seasons ago, what this team looked like after you know, the McDonough trade and the Nash trade, and how you know, we had Vinny Letary in you know, a middle six scoring role, and we all remember those days. Those were pretty dark, <laughs> pretty dark days. Yeah, and, and uh, the other thing is, like, people say, like, oh, like, I thought David Quinn was supposed to be the development guy. Like, why are they not, you know, why are they not here if that's his thing? Like, look, he's already dealing with, you know, aside from just kind of general tactics and, and whatever in the beginning of the season, trying to get new guys involved and such, like, he he has plenty of work to do with uh, with Howden, with Tony D'Angelo, with Libor Hayek, uh, Brendan Lemieux, Adam Fox, Leah Anderson, Capocaco. Like you don't want to overwhelm the, well, the coaching staff either. You want to um, yeah. There's be, still they, a bunch. They, they, they have their three, hands full right now. So. There's three rookies in the lineup, including two on defense alone. And yeah, then and like, like even to said, an, even to an extent like Buchnevich, who only you know has just recently turned 24. Yeah. You know, like they, they they have their hands full teaching teaching people. So yeah, like um, I'm one of Pavel Buchnevich's biggest fans, but yeah. it's clear he still has areas of his game where he needs work. Yeah, like, sure. Uh, and that's fine. Yeah, so you don't. That's also, why you have a coach. You don't want to, you know, like we often kind of roll our eyes at like when you know 
teams talk about like you know veteran presence and such because a lot of the time it's just you know they're making a horrible excuse for signing a bad player or whatever else but like that stuff still matters of course and uh you don't want to just overwhelm the roster with too many fresh guys and, and create a situation where there are too many players who are overwhelmed and don't really know what's up and the coaches are overwhelmed with you know all the guys they have to teach new things to and the and uh have to figure out the way the NHL works in terms of just, you know, like on road trips and curfews and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the team isn't exactly um, hiding the youth from from uh, opportunity right now. Uh, there's no doubt Kravtsov and Hedl, I would be, my mind would be blown if those two do not see NHL games this year. Um, Hedl, I'd be stunned if he didn't play at least 30, and that's kind of my like lower limit. Like, I won't be surprised if he plays 60, you know. Um, and Kravtsov will see time at least as a call-up, if not, you know, if not like kind of making the team altogether. So, you know, yeah. one one thing at a time. It's still, you know, they're still kind of figuring things out. Um, yeah. so There's I'm only not, so much ice time to I, go around. I'm not for like, skilled again, players. Like, really. Again, I I would put Hout in there over Heedle and like Strom at second line center is not great, but like in a vacuum, I don't think Heedle and Kravtsov being in Hartford on you know in early October is something to you know get antsy about. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just one last question, then we'll wrap up, Adam. This is a good mailbag. Uh, this last one's a little silly. Uh, Ryan Strom is signed to a five-year, $4.5 million extension tomorrow. He is bad for three of those seasons, but the other two years he scores 50 goals once and 40 goals the other time. Do you make the deal if he scores 90 goals across two of those seasons and he's a $4.5 million cap hit? Uh, do I get to pick for five the, years? Do I get to pick the for seasons? Five years. That's the yeah. That's the real question, right? Like if Armstrong yeah. scores fifty goals this year, like why do I care? Like they become a team that loses in the second round of the playoffs, and and then they're stuck with him for three. If three he scores years. fifty goals three years from now, like yeah, like I'll have like if if you're giving me forty and fifty goals in in four and five years, like that team is theoretically contending at that point like yeah <laughs> they probably win the stanley cup so like what i really sure. want to know here is if this is obviously this question comes from uh, brett mcginnis if this clearly is some deal with a warlock if this is just the terms of this arrangement just play stroman as your fourth line center knowing you'll eventually get 50 goals out of him and 40 goals the next year so <laughs> just you know take the gamble with the warlock Knowing that you know you got yourself into this, it's a four point five million hit, and then the second he gets that forty goal and fifty goal season, just get rid of him. <laughs> Can you imagine though, like, because like assuming like the fans don't know this, right? Like they don't know like, hey guys, here's what's gonna happen. So like, yeah, they just see the Rangers sign Strom to this contract and for three years just score like twelve to fifteen goals. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> there would be there would be riots. Um, there would be riots up until but, the yeah, greatest redemption like, so story of our age. Yeah. That's that's my that, <laughs> the other the other possibility is like he's bad for two years, like then he does this in years three and four, and then year five again he's just <laughs> again like a not good player, and that that would be the ultimate like what is what is even happening here? Thing. Yeah, the real kick in the pants would be he wastes the fifty goal year this year, yeah. and then you have to wait three or four more years the last year of the deal is when you get the 40 which is like 
Yeah. Well, how, how much Ryan Strom did we have to endure at that cap hit? So, I don't know. I would just say no, because frankly, I think bargaining with Wizards is a bad idea. <laughs> can't, it, it's it's ill-advised. If I got to pick the years, I'll say yes. But if it's just at random, I'm going to say no. Yeah, that's fair. All right. I think that's everything, Adam. We had a good mailback. Thanks for, thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess we'll we'll talk to you guys again in like you know seven weeks or whatever when the Rangers play again. Uh, until then, be good to yourself. Send a cake to Joe, and uh, goodbye. Yeah.